Hi there. Welcome to Workhorse Leadership, Episode 2, a podcast made by leaders for leaders who want to raise their game and be the workhorses that all of us can be. I'm here with my good friend and fellow podcaster, Marion Souders. Good morning, Marion. How, how are you this morning? I am doing great, Dr. Couch. How are you today? Buddy, I'm tired, but I'm feeling good. Yes, it is, uh, it's been a, a long week, but a great week and uh, great to connect with you this morning. Awesome. We, uh, we, you know, this is episode two. And so if you all listen to our first episode, um, hopefully this one will be even better. We we're learning and, and we want to be able to, to make this the very best experience uh, possible for our listeners. And so we just encourage you to stick with us and uh, maybe this thing will get really good one of these days. Right, Marion? <laughs> That's the hope, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Continuous improvement. That's right. So today's episode, episode two, is all about that first letter uh, in our acrostic workhorse. And so our first workhorse principle that we're going to try to unpack today a little bit is is work ethic. Um, Mary, when you hear the word work ethic or work, uh, that kind of thing, what comes to your mind? Well, you know, Eamon, we've talked, you know, many times when you think about work and work ethic, your mind can go in, in, in so many different directions. So we're really going to try to focus uh, the best we can here in a less than 30 minutes. But, you know, when I think of, of work ethic, I, I immediately uh, think about my parents. I, I think about um, the example that they gave me. Um, my mom, of course, you know, uh, held numerous jobs, but uh, the one that I remember the most is, is a Head Start teacher and and worked very hard at that. And and my dad uh, worked for an oil company out in out in the fields, uh, started with a company when he was 16 and retired from that same company when he was 62. So 46 years of service. And and I don't remember my parents ever taking a sick day. Um, I remember them working hard and then coming home and taking care of their family and sacrificing and so I guess I just watched that example so you know I think hopefully some of that uh, rubbed up rubbed off on me but uh, so what about you Eamon what do you think about when you think of work ethic you know I think about I, I, I go to the same place that you go Mary and I think about my dad you know but my dad was uh, uh, only went to the eighth grade uh, World War II vet you know came out of the came out of the war and started working in the coal mines right out of the gate. And I literally, I think he missed one day of work in his entire career. And uh, that was literally the day after my brother was killed uh, in a tragic accident. That was literally the only day he ever missed work. Um, yeah. I can't say that I'm as hard a worker as my dad was. I, I can tell you that right now. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think that example has been so important, you know, not only in our life, but we know for many listeners, you know, it, uh, I think you you have to see that maybe uh, in motion somewhere along the way for it to for maybe it to stick with you. Yeah. Have you, Marion, have you always had big fancy jobs like principals and superintendents or have you ever worked any jobs that maybe were a little less than glamorous? Oh, much less glamorous, much less. I think uh, sometimes you have to to start with whatever the good Lord gives you and, and kind of show yourself approved and, and keep working through the trenches. But uh, yeah, I, I think it pays off in the long run. What was your first job? 
my first job was actually uh, a summer program um, cleaning houseboats. Uh, so, so these boats would come in uh, from the weekends and uh, pretty much be trashed and destroyed. So uh, cleaning bathrooms and toilets and showers and uh, cleaning these houseboats for them to get ready to go back out. So uh, not very glamorous, but uh, but it was work. Yeah. What about you? My first one was a summer work program, too. Um, it was uh, what I would do is it was through the OJTPA program. Do you remember that? I do. I, I remember that well. Yeah. So, you know, we were, uh, you know, we didn't have a lot. So I qualified because of income. And what I would do is I get off the high school bus at my elementary school that I went to and I would work for three hours uh, every evening uh, as a custodian there in the elementary school that I went to as a kid. So yeah, that was my first experience with it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's awesome. That, that's great memories. And, you know, I think sometimes, uh, you appreciate uh, any type of success more if you've had to work for it. Yeah. And I, and I think too, Marion, just to kind of dig in a little deeper on that, you know, you look at jobs that we've had that had more notoriety or more um, kind of, um, I don't know, fanciness, I guess, if you look at it, those are still just blue collar jobs, right? Yes. Yes. You know, I, I think so many times, um, you know, I, in my current job, I, I try to tell folks, you know, don't, don't ask someone to do something that you wouldn't be willing to do yourself, you know, and, and not putting yourself above any, any position or any person, you know, as a leader, what does that do? Do you think when you, uh, when you show your people that there really not, there is no job that's too dirty for you, what does that do for your people? Do you think? Yeah, I think it earns respect, you know, that, you really, you value work and that, you know, that you, you respect the job that's being done and that you're willing to um, be part of the team to accomplish whatever that needs, you know, needs to be accomplished. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, and out there, you know, when you, when you think about, you know, our listeners, people that are tuning in here to kind of see if episode one was a fluke or not, we're going to continue <laughs> with episode two. Um, yes. Uh, so, you know, if, if they're sitting there right now and, and they're saying, you know, I'm working hard, um, you know, in, in your mind, what are those big ideas that you really think emerge out of, 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 of work ethic or hard work? What do you think? Yeah, I think, you know, when I think of hard work again and you start thinking, okay, well, what does that really mean? What are the attributes or characteristics of what I would consider hard work? And, and I think the first one that, that comes to my mind would be just taking initiative, you know, um, seeing things that need to be done and go ahead and doing them, you know. Uh, yes, if you've got a great team, you may, you know, uh, try to encourage some others to go along that task with you. But you, I think you have to see things that need to be done. You can't just sit there and rest on how things are at the time. But, you know, if you, if you see a task, if you see something that really needs to be addressed, just jump in uh, and sort of take that initiative. And, and I think that that kind of requires, you know, being disciplined and looking for opportunities because uh, you kind of have to wake up each morning looking for the opportunity uh, to do good work. And, and then I think 
the last thing that kind of really, you know, comes to my mind would be uh, sometimes you just have to be relentless. You, you really have to dig in. Um, you know, we sometimes refer to that as grit, you know, but, but just being relentless and committed to something that even though it may not be glamorous or it may uh, be difficult or there may be a bump in the road, um, you know, right now we're going through a, you know, a worldwide pandemic and there are a lot of bumps in the road of things that, you know, uh, that you're working on, but you just have to be relentless and dig in and really um, be committed to finishing the task. But, but for you, Eamon, when you think about the hard work, what, what comes to your mind? I appreciate that question. It's really got me thinking a lot. I, I just bought myself something to put on my desk here and it's actually a desk plaque that's um, similar to the one that President Obama had on his desk when he was president. Yes. Uh, and it says, hard things are hard. Yes. And yeah. it's just like, you know, leaders, workhorse leaders, they, they, you can't, you can't go into a situation of work and say, oh, this job is going to be easy because yeah. that's why they call it work, right? Yeah. It's, yes. Uh, yes. And we are in the middle of a global pandemic. Things are harder now than they've ever been, but leaders are called to do the hard things. Yes. Um, and so with me, there's a few ideas that emerged for me too. One of them is the idea of stewardship because I know that where I'm at, I did not get here on my own. I got here because there were people around me Mm -hmm. who encouraged me and put me in a position to, um, to be successful. And I don't want to, I don't want to fritter that away. Um, I know that I'm a caretaker of whatever position I hold for a period of time. And I want things to be better when I leave it than when I found it. Um, So to to me, stewardship's a big thing. Uh, I can't, I can't separate my faith from the work because I've had some really good bosses over the years and I've had some that weren't so good. And, but for me, ultimately, you know, the, in, in the book of Colossians, it says, you know, do everything as unto the Lord. So I know that ultimately my boss, even though I, I, I might love them, ultimately I work, in order to be a good representative for, for the Lord, you know? And so that's yes. a lot of that is, is, is in me as well. Um, you know, the idea of, you know, sh- showing up early, staying late, putting the time in, and then just a matter of investment, you know, because as workhorse leaders, we understand that it's the principle of sowing and reaping what you sow, you're going to reap. If you sow mm-hmm. diligence, you're going to reap the benefits. Um, so to me, investment's a big part of that as well, Marion. Yes. You know, when you were talking about the, the work and it, it's called work for a reason that the, the idea came to my mind immediately what they say, you know, job and Job are spelled the same yeah. way, yeah. you know, and uh, it, it, it is, it's hard work. But, you know, I mean, you were talking about stewardship and service and, and all of that and and leaving things better uh, than what you found them. You know, that, that kind of reminds me of like, a the, it's really a ripple effect for a work ethic in our lives. So what, I mean, what, what kind of ripple effects do you think that that brings about? That's, a, man, that's a good question. I, uh, you know, you think about the people around you um, that, you know, when, when you work hard and you put your very best effort into it, no, we're not perfect. I mean, we're, we're, you and I both, I, I can speak for me. Far, far from perfect. 
Oh, far from perfect I am um, as well. But yes. when we do that, then it carries on way past us. Um, it, our names, our reputations. You know, I think about a story that when, when my wife and I were newly married, we didn't have any money, still don't, but uh, back in those <laughs> days, it was a Sunday morning, and I was trying to find, this was before ATMs, that tells you how long ago it was, and we were out, I, I needed to cash a check just so we could buy some food, and uh, I went yeah. into a convenient, a little convenient, convenient store in that little town that we were living in on a Sunday morning. And I went up to the, the guy who owned the convenience store and I said, uh, sir, I need to cash a check. And he said, well, I don't know you. We don't cash checks here for people we don't know. And I said, I'm really desperate. I need a little money to buy food for my, for my wife and myself. And he said, let me look at your, at your check. And so I handed it to him and, you know, they're pro- it was probably on check number 100 or something. I mean, we were just got married and, and he said, he looked at the check and he got kind of got puzzled and he said, hmm, Eamon Couch. He said, I once knew an Amy Couch, one of the most hardest working men I ever knew in my life, uh, a friend of mine over in Clay County. Are you any relation to him? And I said, I said, well, sir, that's my mm-hmm. father. And he said, you can work, yes. you can cash a check here anytime you want. And I kept thinking about all the work that my dad oh. did and that I was benefiting from that. Yes. Oh, I love that. How about that's you, great. How about you, that Mary? What do you great. feel like the ripple effect is when uh, in, in our personal work ethic? Well, you know, just that uh, the the ideal, the the impact that we're having, you know, on our families and organizations, you know, it's uh, that, you know, I think we talked about it maybe in our first podcast about just the investment in others. And, and sometimes that's time consuming and sometimes that takes sacrifice, maybe away from something that, you know, may be fun or important to us at the time. But knowing that, you know, uh just in that investment piece, you know, um, I think about, you know, when, when you think about hard work, you know, it's really, it's, you know, serving and then just providing a a service or something to someone else, you know, and, and that's, um, the, that whole ripple effect of who, who you can influence and then how they can influence, you, you know, others. We, uh, you know, we've used the, the butterfly effect in several trainings. And if, if you've never watched that um, on YouTube, uh, that that's a great uh, that's a great little story there about the uh, just the butterfly or the ripple effect of how you will influence others, and then they will influence others, and they will influence others, and then you you go back to the root root person of who maybe who started that influence, and that's I mean the, the story about your dad that that's awesome because I just think the impact that he had on someone then influenced what that person was going to help you do. And, and isn't that uh, the, the goal maybe for all of our hard work that we would, we would leave that legacy for our families and organizations uh, later on. So great story. How much I do love you think, that. And this is off script here, but how much do you think our desire to help other people and this idea of the ripple effect, is born out of this podcast. What do you think about that question? Oh, that, I mean, that's a great question. I, you know, I just, you know, I mean, we talk so often and I think, you know, sometimes we get into these questions and conversations and, 
and I feel like a philosophy major sometimes because I really I enjoy analyzing and thinking about why I think certain things and why I do certain things and why other people do certain things and uh, you know it's just it's just interesting to me how how we can influence others and I think without that goal of changing the world when we wake up this morning how empty life really would be uh, if you're just going through the motions if you're if you're just waking up on you know today is Saturday if you're just waking up on a Saturday morning just to muddle through the day how empty life really is but if you have that purpose that work that that goal of, of serving others or changing the world. And, and like you mentioned earlier, leaving it better than what we found it. You know, if, if the entire world could really grasp that, um, uh, our country right now, I think would be in a much better yeah. place. I don't know yeah, what about too. you. I, you know, I think about the same exact things. Why do I do what I do? You know, and I wonder, is it because I value and this is a question for our listeners too, just to, for them to think about, are you motivated because you want to do a good job or are you motivated by how other people perceive you in your work or reputation or, or that kind of thing? Cause dad always said, you know, your name goes out way beyond you and who you mm -hmm. are. Um, and so I just wonder how much of that, how much that informs us wanting to take pride in our work. Yeah. So, well, well what does that mean to take pride in our work? What does that mean <laughs> that, to you? That it, it's just like, you know, dad used to tell me, he said, you know, if, if a job is worth doing, it's worth doing well. Now at the time I didn't really yeah. understand that, but now I understand that if I mm -hmm. do, um, if I do an inferior job or don't give it my all, I'm going to have to clean it up later. And my life is going to be a lot harder. Yeah. 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 Well, and I think I mentioned to you the other day, you know, I think it was Theodore Roosevelt. It said, you know, far and away, the best prize that life offers is the chance to work hard at work worth doing, you know, and, and this is far beyond just, you know, the current fields that we're in. But I think for me, education has been, that work worth doing. I, you know, I, I'm honored to be an educator, and I just think that uh, that pride and that uh, that concept of you know being able to give back to others and leaving it uh, leaving it in good shape is is great. I, I just love that quote by Roosevelt. Marion, is there anything better than at the end of the day? laying your head down at night exhausted knowing that you've given it your best oh no i think that's the peace of mind it's uh but it is tiresome i'll <laughs> tell you that it's uh you know there are days that you're just kind of mental you know mentally and physically exhausted and uh do you ever get there i mean do you ever just really just yeah, because I think as, as, as workhorse leaders that we're, and again, you and I are learning just as much from this experience as any of our listeners are, but, oh, yeah. you know, it's one of those things when I used to tell, I used to tell my family, you know, when I come home after a long day, they'd say, how are you? I said, I feel like I'm one of those carcasses on the desert floor that's been stripped, that's been, <laughs> I've been stripped bare of every bit of flesh I've got. 
because <laughs> when you're giving and you're as as a as a workforce mm-hmm. leader, as you're pouring into other people, you're always giving of yourself, and mm-hmm. you feel empty. How important is it, Marion? Do you think for us to get refilled? Oh, and and I mean, I'll be honest that that is a concept really that I'm just trying to learn. Uh, I think as you are younger and you, you just go and you go and you go, but I think you realize that there comes a time when you have to pour back into yourself. I shared with one of our leaders this week, you know, the, the quote, you can't pour from an empty cup. And, and that's just something that I am learning, I guess, with a, some age. Uh, but, you know, you, you have to take that time to uh, re-energize, uh, you know, covey, calls it sharpening the saw, you know? So, I mean, what kind of things do you do to, to re-energize and to recoup yourself? Sometimes, you know, um, that scripture when it says, be still, know that I am God. Um, because sometimes yeah. in, in, in leadership, you're always moving, your hair's on fire all the time. You don't ever, but sometimes it's really hard for me to do this, but just sitting still and doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's hard for me to do. Do you struggle with that too? I do. I do. I um, I I cause a lot of noise. That's what my wife says. You know, I'm always thinking or talking or um, exploring or or something. So uh, it, it, you know, it's interesting how how the mind works. Again, I guess it's that philosophy. Uh, maybe that's what I need to go back uh, when I retire from education. Maybe and get a a philosophy degree. I don't know, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's so important. And I, I can't emphasize that enough. If, if, if we have some young, uh, workhorse leaders listening to us, you know, make sure and take time, take time for your family, uh, take time for yourself. Um, because like I said, you, you can't pour from well, an empty cup. Have, you know, I, I, I love to read. I love to watch movies. Uh, I got a little garden in the backyard. I like, you, you gotta have, you gotta have some hobbies, something that allows you to feel nurtured and, and refilled. Right. Yes. Yes. And, and a garden, I, I can just see you working in the garden right now. Hey, listen, so, I, mean, I'm not, you know, I do not have a green thumb. Things tend to die when I take care of them, but, uh, I, uh, it's, yeah. it's, uh, eating a eating a fresh tomato out of a garden that you grew. My dad was a big gardener and it just, it's so fulfilling, you know? Yeah, well, I'm expecting some corn and beans over here. I don't have that soon, big a garden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Oh, so uh, what what do you do? What are your hobbies outside of outside of your job? You know, I told I told you, I mean, I, I really struggle. I've struggled with this for years. I, my only hobby really would be tennis. Um, uh, my daughter and I we love to play tennis together. Uh, and that that's really the only thing besides spending time with my family. Of course, we love to travel and, and go places and see things and experience that together. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not a, a fisherman. I'm not a hunter. I'm not, you know, a golfer. Um, but uh, probably tennis and just spending time with, with my family, which, which I love. My dad didn't hunt or fish either. He basically worked and then came home and spent time with us. So I guess that's the model that we learned from. Yes, I, I think so. That just never, never stuck with me. But I, I love to watch people who, who enjoy those types of activities, you know, because 
they're passionate about it and that's you, you know, know good for them mountain great. people yeah. don't have a lot of time for they didn't have a lot of time for recreation no the the hollers <laughs> kept us busy yeah right? that's exactly right um yeah i <laughs> i think about when i was a principal i came home one day to my two little girls and i was lucky enough to be their principal when they were little and oh, and i came nice. home and i was hateful and grumpy one afternoon and one of my little girls, they're now 24 and 22. One of them said, dad, why are you nice to everybody else's kids, but you're not nice to us. <laughs> oh, that, that's a, that's a reality. That hit hard. Isn't it? And I, I realized at that point I had to have some more balance in my life. Um, there was a, I used to, I, I, at every office I've ever had, I had this little post-it note next to my light switch and it said, pray before you go. And it was just a reminder to me when I left the office every day and I shut the lights off and closed my door to just spend some time in prayer saying, Lord, I've done the best I could today. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to go home and be a husband and a father and let me be in that space Mm -hmm. and not so that I could be nice to my kids. Yes, yes. My wife uses uh, the little saying often about be where your feet are, you know, in this uh, technology digital social media crazed world sometimes we we feel as though we have to you know be tied to our devices and our uh, and and she will say often you know be where your feet are be you know enjoy that moment uh, because uh, it is fleeting yeah, absolutely let me ask you one more question because our time is we're, we're about at 25 minutes so let me ask let me ask you another question okay. and we'll kind of explore this a little bit together what what did you i mean you cleaning boats me sweeping up floors in those in those office in those classrooms way back in the day because there really is no such thing as bad work what did you what did you learn from those experiences that allowed you to push forward to find work that that really fulfilled that purpose in your life Yeah, I you know I just think that um, I think when you when you get the jobs early on, or you you know you take the task, and then you realize sometimes how minimal the pay is and how difficult it is to make a living, and you know I think that you realize soon realize that uh, you have to work hard and have those goals and ambitions in order to do the things that you would like to do in this world. You know, it's, uh, but I think the, the early jobs that I think sometimes I often say you learn from uh, examples and non-examples. I think, you know, when we would be on these summer programs and things, you would look around and you, you could see someone that would, you know, had strong ambition and work ethic and, and they were just go-getters and take initiative and get it done. And then you had those that spent more time during the day trying to get out of the work uh, than just, you know, than just doing the job. And so sometimes I think you realized early on that's, that is not what I no. want to be. But I mean, what yeah, about those you? habits that we develop in those jobs that we don't feel like are going to be our lifetime jobs? We, we learned, like, mm-hmm. I, if I was given a classroom to clean, I want to be sure that classroom was was immaculate when I left it. And that's mm-hmm. the same philosophy that we have now, but it's on a larger scale, maybe building a district budget or 
um, mm-hmm. overseeing a big program or something. It's the same habits, but it's just on a larger mm-hmm. scale. What we learn cleaning boats and cleaning toilets, that mm-hmm. informed what we do now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, the same. You know, when, when you start looking back, you know, taking this initiative, committed to getting it, you know, completed stewardship you know all of those things like you're saying sweeping those floors at night knowing that a classroom of students and and a teacher was coming back in the next morning that that needed that clean classroom that you were serving them in order to uh, you know to make things better for them so I mean that that that's a perfect example of of a workhorse leader with a strong I work ethic. Summer I worked in Florida uh, while I was in college and I worked as a night janitor in a department store putting together bicycles. And I have never yeah. put together a bicycle in my life. But after I put together 15 or 20, <laughs> I got pretty good at it. But I'm sure there were some kids who got those early bikes that may have gotten hurt because I, I, never, could, I, I never could get the brakes quite right. Oh, that's, that's not good. I, I, you know, now that you're mentioning that, I think I read something about some <laughs> lawsuits in Florida with bicycles. I'm hoping that the statute of limitations sure. is up on that. <laughs> I hope so, too. I hope so, too. But, but Eamon, I know our time's running out. But, you know, I, I'd just like to leave with the listeners with this. But, you know, sometimes we say, you know, opportunity knocks, you know, knock on that door or whatever. But, you know, if, if, if opportunity doesn't knock, build yeah. a door. You know, make, take initiative, make it work. Don't don't make excuses, find solutions. I heard a guy say one time, he said, you know, oh, you're lucky. Well, I heard a great definition of luck a number of years ago. Luck is where opportunity and preparation meet, right? It's at that crossroads. Mm-hmm. You and yeah. I are not lucky people. Uh, no, yeah. no. Blessed, blessed and hard Undes- work. I'm, That's it's right. Anything yeah. that I've ever got in my life, I've, is, I've been very undeserving of it. Um, but I know yes. that we've been given these opportunities to be able to make the lives of other people better. Um, we, we often quote in our organization, I talk about the five P's of uh, John Wooden, the famous coach at UCLA, prior planning prevents poor performance. So it's, you know, that, that could be a whole other podcast. So maybe we'll I'm glad you said that because my tongue would have gotten so tight. I ended up killing myself trying to say those words. So I appreciate that. <laughs> All listen, right, so, so listeners, this is uh, the end of episode two. Hope you've enjoyed it. Um, we've had a lot of fun doing it. Stay tuned for episode uh, number three, where we're going to dig into the O, uh, the next letter in our workhorse principles. But uh, have a blessed day. Marion, any closing thoughts before we uh, before we sign out of here? No, just had a blast as always. I enjoy learning from you, uh, value your friendship, and uh, just Everyone have a great, great day. We'll talk to you soon. Our workhorse leaders out here. See ya. Yes.